This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Save a Pooch on Pet Life Radio. I am your host, Beverly Isla. Thanks for tuning in. Today's show, our special guest is Dr. Adam Crispin, Chief Veterinary Officer for MGH Life Sciences, a veterinary multimedia company. Um, and he'll provide some clarity around the hot topic of, of course, COVID-19 and what it means for your canine pet, whether there is a risk of them being exposed to it whether it's necessary to surrender them out of that fear and of course uh, what it means to those dogs already housed in shelters and foster homes so when we get back from these messages we will talk with dr adam It's designerpetsweaters.com, hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Save a Pooch. We are talking with Chief Veterinary Officer for MJH Life Sciences, Dr. Adam Chrisman, who was also formerly the co-chief of staff at the Bricktown Veterinary Hospital in New Jersey. Looking forward to this show because I think it's needed that listeners get some answers to some fears around this topic, whether that be a canine parent or a shelter organization. The last thing dog lovers want is more dogs being surrendered right now or more shelter dogs being euthanized. So thank you for coming on, Adam. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, the big question. <laughs> Can dogs right. be a carrier of the virus? <laughs> As of now, no. <laughs> Absolutely Yay. not. So yes, you can keep your dogs, you can even keep your cats and everything else. They're going to be okay. The big concern is us giving COVID-19 to cats. That's really? probably the newer information. Yeah. So I don't know if you heard about the Bronx Zoo tiger that tested yeah, positive yeah. for COVID-19. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and cats, you know, veterinarians, we know about coronavirus. Like we understand it. We see it in cats. We see it in dogs. We see it in pigs. It's also in cattle. So, uh-huh. you know, we're used to learning about it in veterinary school and it's around. So um, it is just only a matter of time because of how closely related from what we know now that the feline coronavirus is similar to that of what's called feline infectious peritonitis, FIP, um, in cats. So it makes understand, like we're figuring it out. We're realizing that, okay, this does make sense that cats can get it from humans, but um, we can't get it from our dogs. No, we can't. We can't get it from our cats. Now, however, the question is that I keep getting asked a lot is, well, what happens about the virus if it's on my dog's, you know, pet fur or on the carpet? Well, and viruses are smart. They want to survive. They're looking right. for hosts, you know, yeah. and they're looking for the right host in order to populate and reproduce. 
And right now, dogs aren't them. However, if it happens to be like somebody sneezes on the dog that has COVID yeah. and they, they're actively shedding the signs of it, and then the, that person happens to go touch the dog and kiss them or whatever, right. yeah, there is a potential for it. So just, just like oh. the flu is what we say. Yeah, like use your due diligence when that's happening, washing your hands, of course. For and sure, if for we sure. have any, yeah, and if we have any pet parents that unfortunately are having COVID nineteen, it's just best and advisable to do your best to have somebody else take care of the animal in the house. Exactly, exactly. Uh, thought just came in my mind because <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of pet owners walking their dogs, and when other people come and try to pet the dog, <laughs> they're asking them not to pet the dog. And I don't know, I don't know, is that necessary or not? <laughs> I know. So there's this thinking of, I don't know if you've ever heard of the word a fomite. And a fomite is somebody like you and I that can transmit disease but not actively carry it. So for instance, a good example of a fomite would be kennel cough. So like if your dog has kennel cough and you know, like the kennel cough. And so if your dog happens to have kennel cough and you're touching their dog, whatever, and you say hi, and you're going to come over and pet my dog, there's a good chance that you're a fomite and carried it and can give it to my dog. So there's, that's what people are thinking about COVID is kind of a reverse situation, knowing like, huh, I wonder, you know, if a, a pet owner happens to be, you know, having COVID and they want to go pet my dog, you know, I don't know if that's safe or not. And so it's advised not to just because the downside, the one thing that really stinks about this is like the pre-patent period, the time in which a person shows clinical signs. It's a while. Yeah. So it's about right. 10 days. So a virus usually is like, you know, a day or two, you start feeling that achiness or whatever coming down on you. But so that means for over a week, you're shedding these, you know, these viruses and you don't even know it. So I think these pet owners are concerned with that thinking, that mentality. That's true. That is true. <laughs> I find myself yeah. fearing that part also. But then what about these yeah. cases on, on TV? I see even you know, somewhere in Australia where someone's dog caught COVID <laughs> and I don't know whether right. they laugh or not. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, so they did, and they they weren't actively showing signs of disease. So, in other words, they carried it, but they didn't show any clinical signs that we know of just yet that of uh-huh. them showing signs. So, so that's that's good information actually to to be mindful of. I agree. Yep. Hmm. I was going to say there is. I think there is a, an article that's coming out very soon. I want to say it's like today or tomorrow that's going to come out. There was a study that's done on um, ferrets. I don't know if you know this or not, but ferrets are known to carry COVID and, and get COVID, actually. So we, we know, know that, that. Yeah. So ferrets and, and cats are the ones that we're worried with at, at this point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully the cats that... Have you treated um, any cats recently with, with COVID? No, no, I haven't. So, and you know, what we get asked is like, what are some signs that you get? Do you think that your cat may have COVID? But well, the first thing is then you definitely have a pet owner that has COVID, first of all. So definitely oh. get them checked out to make sure. And then number two, if they are showing signs, it is similar to that of like your typical respiratory signs. So they can have a little bit of sneezing, some nasal or ocular discharge. Sometimes they can have a little shallow breathing or just what we call in veterinary medicine, like ADR and stands for ain't doing right. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) it's very technical, very technical stuff in veterinary medicine. (laughs) Oh, geez, that's funny. (laughs) So, yeah, if they're just like ADR and just ain't doing right, then you kind of know that maybe it'd be wise just to have them checked for not only is that respiratory pattern, but there's other respiratory diseases that these guys can get, too. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good to Mm -hmm. know. Now, you did mention 
just mentioned earlier. So do you have precautionary recommendations for people to be mindful about should they get symptoms um, and with the possibility of hospitalization, how can they prepare their pet or foster dog to be taken care of? And of course, I'm sure foster parents, the the rescue organization will likely jump in. But yeah, what would your recommendations be? Yeah. So the number one thing is just using your due diligence and cleaning and sanitary procedures, hygiene, those things. Boom, boom, boom. So if yes. they happen to come down with COVID, no, you don't need to give them out for adoption. However, if it is a one person home, and we are seeing this here on the East Coast, unfortunately, because we have yes. a, a high elderly population, unfortunately, that's being susceptible to this. And maybe there isn't anybody left. There isn't, any, there aren't any other options. But what they do, what I'm loving that I'm seeing is they are notifying the veterinary hospital who their animal is belonging to. And they said, listen, I literally cannot take it. I don't have anybody. I don't know anyone. Um, And so these vet hospitals have been really great working with rescue groups too. So whether or not they have a friend that could take care of them or they can go into a foster care or another home versus a shelter, of course. So we don't want that to happen. So, and I know one hospital in New Jersey where they actually, uh, uh, one of the technicians, she, she knew the dog. And um, the woman, unfortunately, didn't have anybody else. And this woman was uh, unfortunately on a ventilator. And so, but one of her requests was to make sure that dog was taken care of. And this technician kept the Labrador Retriever. She's like, oh, I love this dog. How could I not? Like, I've known her for years. Aww. You know, it's like the best. So that's what we do in this profession. You know, it's, you just step up. Everybody's been so amazing about this, you know? Oh, that's good to hear. And I guess like when yeah. hoping that everybody that gets it does recover, they'll just get the dog back. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's what we want. You know, I, I think everyone right now, you get a little scared. There's a little bit of the panic button that everyone hits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here as a veterinarian, we don't want there to be panic in terms of the animals. We want you to enjoy that human-animal bond. It's so important now more so than ever. You know, they're, yeah. they're home and you're home with them. I mean, one of the things I always wish I had more time of is to be home with my babies. And now we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Forced to you be. know, and so you, you need them to get through these difficult times. They're there for you through thick and thin, and you should be there for them just equally. Yes. Thank you for saying that. It's so important. Because it's I, so, so important. Yeah. Absolutely. The first thought that that crossed my mind when they're when the news is saying, "Oh, possibility they can get blah blah COVID." I'm like, shoot! Right. <laughs> now they're gonna right, right. have more surrenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. It, it goes back to that study that they did with um, they did it with uh, beagles. It looks like and in dogs. This is what's weird about this virus too. It's there's two different types of viruses, DNA and RNA, and this is an RNA one, which makes it a little bit more of a challenge. But they found it on the rectal swabs of the three that were inoculated, but they didn't show any signs of disease. So that's a big, big indicator where they did a quick little study on that just to see. And so um, okay. if that gives any of those pet parents peace of mind, I think that should, especially for dog owners, that so far we're good with that. So yes, that's a that's awesome. See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome, Adam. <laughs> or we're just I love a, it. <laughs> we're just going to have a quick break and we'll continue talking about this important topic with Dr. Adam. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. When we put him on the Dynavite, he took right to it. All of these symptoms disappeared. Dynavite is nutrition. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. Something that he actually likes to eat. You need to put him on Dynavite. Dynavite for life. If you love your dog, you don't just want him healthy, you want him to be happy. 
you won't believe how happy your dog will be. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Save a Pooch. We are talking with Dr. Adam Christman, Chief Veterinary Officer for MJH Life Sciences, about COVID-19 and how it affects our canine friends. So, now that some shelters uh, and organizations are having to either decrease staff or shut down altogether, uh, despite an increase of surrendering, there's also a trend with people wanting to foster or adopt a dog right now. So, yes, we, like, I love yeah, it. There, I see that there's fear and then surrendering, but then there's also, I find people wanting or asking about fostering. So, in your opinion, do you think it's a good time to adopt a dog? It is a great time to adopt a dog. You're home. This is the time where you really want to see that interaction with you and the dog and to see if it's a good marriage on both ends. So, yeah, it certainly beats some of the loneliness that some of the these people are, are facing. And so having a dog around and fostering, the, giving it a home, it makes you feel like you have more purpose, gives you more meaning and that unconditional love that everyone so, you know, wish we have that dogs can give yeah. that you can't get from anything else. Let me tell you, that's a bond that can't be broken. But oh, yeah, yeah, during... During times of tragedy such as this, there always comes great opportunity. See what I did again? <laughs> and opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so opportunity. So why not? Absolutely, it's a great time to foster because who knows how long we're in this for? But you know, you know, four to six weeks or whatever it is with you know social distancing and so forth, you're at least able to enjoy your dog if you have the backyard or take them to you know a local park that's open. I think those are great great ideas to do. Yeah. Yep. It is a great idea, everybody. <laughs> it is. It yes, no. definitely do it. And, you know, these veterinary hospitals have been fantastic around the country. I had the privilege of just, you know, chatting to so many of them around the country that have been working tirelessly to make sure that pet owners are, are nice and safe, as well as the animals. There's a big rise in telemedicine that's happening now. So What's you don't that? Have to telemedicine? Leave. Oh, right. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, you could just, you know, take your dog up to the camera or the cat and show them either like the ear or skin or eye or follow up rechecks or just talk to a veterinarian if you have concerns whether or not it warrants for them to come in for an office visit. So they're doing that. They're also doing curbside concierge. How nice is that? Like you you drive up to your veterinary hospital, you let them know that you're in, you're in like row one or whatever, and then a veterinary technician will kindly come and take your cat or your dog out of the car. And then they'll do what needs to be done just to help minimize the foot traffic in the hospital. That's true. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. an awesome idea. Or, yeah. That's an awesome idea. Yeah. I wonder awesome. if we're doing it up here. <laughs> and what suggestions, um, what suggestions do you have for individuals who, who are going to start fostering and adopting? Because the, the question is like, you're right. Is this only like four to six weeks? And then what happens afterwards? Are they going to return right. them? I know. Yeah. You know, so do your homework, know the research, know the backstory to these dogs that need homes, because some of them do need a backyard. So if you get like a pity mix that yeah. you're living in an apartment, it's not yeah. going to do you or that dog any justice. So, you know, but if you have a dog that's like a little chihuahua that hardly touches the ground and, you know, has, you know is a one person <laughs> show, hardly then right, that dog is for you. 
But so making sure you do the homework and knowing. And then, yeah, going forward, we don't know what's going to happen, of course. But obviously, things are going to be alleviated and we're going to have a little bit of return to normalcy. So and, you know, just making sure that that bond is established, rules are, are established, boundaries are made mm-hmm. and that they know. You know, they know the differences between when mom and dad are going to be home. It's a good thing, too, that although like you can't go anywhere, but to start doing short distances and travel, go for a little drive. So they're used to being left home alone for a little bit or in a crate for an hour. Exactly. Yeah. Let me um, tell you, after this is all all said and done, these apps yeah. are going to be like, what is happening? We love having you all. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Or yes. it could go the other way, too. It's like, well, I'm staying in. You keep yeah. wanting to take me out. You know, um, it's one of those things where dogs learn <laughs> Dogs learn how to sit and stay. Humans, not so much. No, no, God, no. <laughs> Especially in my neighborhood, no. <laughs> right, right. So just a thought. Like, with here, at least, some pet stores are starting to be seen as non-essential businesses. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of pet owners are wondering, like, well, where am I going to get their food? Maybe. Do you have any suggestions on what, I mean, that's common in the household to make for dogs that are safe to eat? Should they come across? Well, shoot, I don't have any dog food. Right, right. Yeah. Well, a couple of things with that. So, you know, with like your heartworm clean, tick preventatives, all those things, like some of your veterinary hospitals do have an online pharmacy, which is great. So I always right. recommend helping support your veterinary hospital. Number one thing, because it helps yes. keep everybody alive and thriving and it's good medicine mm-hmm. because you know where their sources are coming from. So there's that. And then as far as like cooking goes for your dog, yeah, of course, there's, you know, there's good resources out there through um, veterinarypartner.com is a really good one that can, if you look up nutrition in your pets, they can give you and guide you along the way of like some basic things that you can provide and cook for them. That's, you know, nice and safe and sound. Always make sure that if you do change their food, you do it gradually over seven yeah, days. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. Yeah, they will get like the Hershey squirts if you change <laughs> it too quickly. <laughs> and no one wants that during COVID. <laughs> like, listen, we already have a toilet paper issue to begin with. We don't oh, want it to be a paper towel problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bidet for dogs, please. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yes. So, oh, wow. Um, um, but yeah, nutritionally speaking, that's always good to do. Yeah. What, so what do you feed your dogs? I'm a science diet guy. So, you know, oh. um, I, yeah, I know everybody's got an opinion about nutrition. Let me tell you, <laughs> when I first started practicing, it was so much easier before the internet. <laughs> and then, I bet. Yeah. Then Dr. Google came out and it's like, oh, when did he get a veterinary degree? You know? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but listen, everyone has their opinion about food. Listen, I, all I say in those exam rooms, as long as you're feeding them something that sounds like it's nutritionally sound and safe, that's fine by me. And for my guys, I have four dachshunds, knock on wood, for many years, they've been on science diet, and they've done perfectly fine with it, nutrition, skin, hair coat, all those things. Like, yes, they have their issues of back problems and stuff, but like every breed has their thing, but I don't think it's nutritionally related to that. But Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so, you know, listen, we could do a whole week on, you know, commercial foods versus home cooking. <laughs> oh my gosh, it makes me want to clench my pearls. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> well, I just hope that uh, people are prepared to, well, not not hoard right. dog food, but just be prepared. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's always good to stockpile up food anyway, you know, so if mm-hmm. it's like, you know, what we've been recommending is two months worth of food, just in case if you can't get out, if you happen to, God forbid, get sick, you have food that you can tell somebody, listen, food's already here. You know, this is what they're on. This is how much they get fed. 
So it's good to have that. It's good to have the pet's medical records in advance because some of these practices, oh, unfortunately, are closing. So it's good just to have like a copy of like their vaccine history, make sure that there's any drug interactions and making sure that they have everything that they need in terms of medications too. Some of these animals get medications from human pharmacies. So we want to make sure that if they're on, say, for instance, like phenobarbital, if they have seizures, that we're okay and they have enough ample supply of that. So Good point. Good yeah. point. I never thought about that. So before we and wrap microchip. things up. Oh, microchip. And a microchip too. Make sure they're up to date on my microchip too, because God forbid they get out and you're not home and you're sick. We want to make sure it goes right to the right pet parent before it goes somewhere else. Oh my so. gosh. Thank you for bringing that up. I totally forgot about that point. Huh. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we wrap things up, Dr. Adam, do you have anything else to say to recommend for pet owners that are worried about COVID? Mr. COVID. Yeah, I, I hope that this show and this information really alleviates some of the stress that we feel. Their dogs are going to be just fine with it. Cats, we just have to be mindful of the fact that they can get it from us, but it's no reason, no reason to get rid of any animal in your household. We need them and they need us. So let's continue to strengthen that human bond together and we will get through this together. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time, Dr. Adam. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, we are out of time. If you want to check out his work, he does have a YouTube channel. Just look up Dr. Adam Christman, or the link will also be on the webpage of this episode. So thank you to our guest and our show producer, Mark Winter, for making this show possible. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a show, please do email me, Beverly at PetLifeRadio.com. So until next time, spread animal compassion. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.